Everybody, welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Uh, we're back today to do another season review. This one is for the CW's iZombie. We've covered some other CW shows before in, uh, of course, the DC TV shows. Um, I'm your host, as always, Matthew. Joining me today, I have Robert. How are you doing today? I am doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Um, and Robert is, of course, the person who I do the DC TV podcast with which is called the cw superhero so you can check that out if you want to uh but i zombie season three um and of course what i always like to do when we start something new um what is your history with i zombie how did you sort of discover the show and and what did you think when you started it uh well i'd never heard of i zombie before apparently it was a comic book that got adapted to be in the cw uh showverse Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's not in the DC universe, but it's part of the CW shows. Uh, the first season, I thought, was really interesting. It definitely has some high points to it. Uh, second season, uh, they definitely expanded on the world mm-hmm. that they created with that. Third season, I'm still kind of on the fence of, but we can talk about that. I like fully agree with everything you just said, which is which is good, I suppose. Um, yeah, I my history is a little bit more... Uh, a little bit different, I guess. Um, I remember that I, I always remember they released the trailer for, for the first season. I watched it and I thought it was one of the most stupid things I'd ever seen. I I just I can't remember exactly what it was because it, it was of course like three years ago. Uh, but it was just something about the trailer and just the way that it was nothing to do with like the characters or the actors, but just like the premise, the plot, and the trailer itself. It just I, I thought it was like the most ridiculous thing I'd I'd seen, and then um. I I can't remember what it was that actually got me started on the show. I just heard a lot of good things about it. I was like, okay, maybe the show isn't as as stupid or as silly as what I I kind of thought it to be. Um, and then I watched the first episode, and then I I I guess I learned more about the premise and about the plot itself. Of course, you don't want trailers to give away too much because you know films have done that recently. Um, and yeah, I watched the first episode, and I thought, okay, it's got you got a bit of a cop buddy detective thing going on you've got some good comedy you've got you know there is some zombies in it and of course that that has changed which we'll talk about in this season as well um i liked the characters and i liked the whole live eats the brain gets the memories and stuff kind of thing and the visions all that stuff kind of really pulled me together i was like okay this is a different show to something i've seen before it's you know it's got the zombies it's got the cop buddy thing which i haven't always followed with but it was a good kind of addition to the show as well um and then i just ended up watching the first two seasons and then i i'd i'd gotten caught up and then i'd watched this season weekly um and yeah the, the show has changed over time and of course it's built its world at, at a good pace i think and and certainly in the finale of this year there were some big things that happened which we'll talk about in a minute um but yeah it, it's a very a very adult funny kind of Adult, but still CW, I guess. Um, there is some like other CW shows and some other sort of network shows that that are like this, but they kind of avoid being as adult. Like this has some like you know sexual jokes and sex things in it, and it has some very like 
uh, gruesome deaths and all these other kind of adult themes to it but it still managed to make it kind of crazy and and just fun and the, and the characters are great as well um so what's your kind of consensus on on this season yeah the thing that uh the season kind of got dark in a weird way um i'm not at all in any way familiar with the comic so i don't know if it's just following the the theme of the comic or yeah, if it's too. just kind of doing its own thing kind of like how uh, arrow uh i mean some episodes some runs of uh, green arrow were a little dark but not nearly as you know grumbly grumbly moody as uh the show portrays so i was you know it's one of those things you never know what they're doing uh with that so yeah uh i mean it wasn't a bad season per se it's just that a lot of the things they did i don't know if it's because that's the story they wanted to tell or if they were just following following along the points of the comic strip yeah i've never i've not read the comics myself i'm not familiar with them at all uh and i didn't actually know until you know some of the way through maybe the second season that there was a comic i just you know um and it doesn't actually say sort of what i remember um like in the walking dead it will say based off a comic written by Robert Kirkman, etc. I never remember them saying that in Iron Zombie, so I, ne- I was never aware of it that way either. Because, um, of course, like in Arrow and stuff, it says, you know, based off of characters from, from DC Comics and stuff, so um, a little bit strange to me that, that they didn't do that. Um, but who knows? Um, so I've got, a little, I've got a paragraph here which I'm, I'm going to read out on my kind of thoughts on the season, and then we can, we, we can sort of go from there. Uh, I thought the season was great. If I had to score it, I would give it a 9.2. I think it's pretty pretty good score. Um, whereas last season would be like a nine point five or so, um, which is strange because um, the second season was nineteen episodes, and I've said before about the whole like you know twenty twenty three episode kind of seasons, which is almost that length. Um, I find to be just too long, and a lot of other people have the same consensus about um, the CWDC shows uh, that they should be doing 13 instead of 23 so I, I don't know how it was that that sort of worked in that season um, but anyway uh, I thought the show was still fun adults, uh, adult, silly crazy with the characters being just as lovable as before uh, it just lost its way plot wise for me this season I couldn't always tell exactly what was happening uh, and it went, it went a little bit um too full scale to kind of quickly you, you, you could kind of see some of that happening and then it just sort of I guess in the last episode just broke out because you had the big um, injection thing and then like uh, Major and his friend like gunning those people down um, uh-huh. I did lose track a little of who, who exactly had like what motivations uh, what the progress was of some of the plots and just what was quite happening I, I just for this season, I got a little bit lost in the plotting. How, how do you feel that way? Uh, the plotting was definitely a bit all over the place. Uh, it's one of those things that they obviously had like a, a broad path for the season from where they wanted to start and where they wanted to end. Yeah. In uh, some of the twists and turns... Uh, that they did to keep the continuity going is kind of odd. Like, uh, with a lot of the uh, the plot revolving around the, the zombie virus and zombie island and things like that, you had the whole weird tie-in with the dominatrix, and you had the whole, uh, <laughs> you know, paramilitary group. 
Yeah, yeah. The the one that uh, Major was was working for. Um, but yeah, I I there was certain like you know uh, Blaine's friend. I've forgotten his name. Uh, he hands out he hands out the sort of zombie lollies at the end. His motivations, uh, uh-huh. if I'm if I'm to point at a character, his motivations were very like up and down. I felt it it was just his were the most like offbeat to me. Um, but let's let's continue with my paragraph here. Uh, the finale did make this um, a little bit worse, but I still stuck with I still stuck with the characters. It was just the plot that wasn't quite clean enough for me to follow. However, I still love the show and hope it can control its plot a little more next season. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of the the paragraph of my general kind of consensus. Um, is there any kind of highlights you want to talk about for this season? Uh. I don't know so much about highlights. There's definitely something that I wish they would have done. Okay. Uh, let me look up the the episode list and see which one it is. Uh, it would have to be either. Uh, uh, I think it might be like Return of the Dead Guy or uh, yeah, Return of the Dead Guy because that's the episode to where Liv. And Ravi were trying to infiltrate that uh, that truther group, you know, the, that kind of weird subplot to, you know, the two good old boys who uh, were trying to prove that zombies were real and getting, like, really weirdly paranormal, uh, paramilitary about it. Yeah. Which is kind of ironic considering they were going up against the paramilitary group. Uh, anyway, they had Liv try to do that really, really bad British accent to match with Ravi's. And I wish they'd just let her use her uh, normal speaking voice because she's from New Zealand. Mm. So that's one of those things that I think they could have missed it. Okay. uh, Because it's always weird when you, uh, yeah, it's always weird when you're watching a show and then you see that person get interviewed and they have like a completely different accent. Yeah. That just like like, you don't even, wouldn't even consider it because there's not like even a trace of it. It's like I honestly didn't know Hugh Laurie was British when I was watching House. Never heard of him, and I just assumed that's how he talked. And I hear him in an interview. I'm just like, what the hell? Right. Yeah. Uh, um. I mean, but uh, Andrew Lincoln does, that, does that, I that bit as well. Some... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see him at like Walker Stalker Cons, and he's he's British, and then he pulls off this. Uh... What do you think of his American accent? Do you think it's quite good? I think it's solid. I think there's obviously some parts that are that come off as forced, um, and that kind of becomes a meme, like how he's constantly saying Carl, Carl. I, I'm guessing that's just something that doesn't sound normal in his accented voice. Yeah. Uh, so that's how it comes off like that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. What What was you saying before? Oh, I was just saying that uh, it's. It's always fun to watch uh, seasons like this when you can just tell that it's the the guy that's in charge is just getting his friend's parts. Mm. Uh, like if you go into episode uh, Spanked uh, the Zombie, which is where they introduce the Dominatrix character that you know turns out to be a weirdly pivotal point. <laughs> uh, uh, you got... Oh, what's the guy's name? Let me look him up here real quick. Okay. Was that the episode where... Um... She has to spank. Is it Peyton? And then I think yeah. like, Ravi or somebody walks in, or I don't think it's Ravi. It's somebody else. 
Yeah. I think it might be the person Peyton or somebody seeing at the time. And he's just like, what is going on here? But it was because he was trying to trigger her um, visions, wasn't it? That, that was interesting. Yeah, if you well, if you go in through uh, Rose McIver's IMDb page, she has some weirdly sexual roles. She was on uh, a season of Masters of Sex, okay, uh, which is completely bizarre because she also did a season of Power Rangers, <laughs> right? And uh, she did the weird. I, I looked up the episodes that she did for the Power Rangers. It was a weirdly like super Pollyanna Disney ish. Uh, version of Power Rangers. It's like it's beyond cartoony. Uh, anyway, the the guy that I'm trying to think of is his actor is uh, Ken Marino. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff. He was the lawyer in iZombie for uh, one character, the one actor that got accused of killing the Dominatrix. He was that one lawyer. Uh, he was um, on Veronica Mars with Jason Doring. Uh, and obviously, uh, Rob Thomas was in charge of Veronica Mars, so uh, yeah, that's how they have all that connection. Cool. Um, and so that's sorry, go ahead. I said that's just one of those things that you know you see somebody and then you recognize them from another the show, and that's how you just know that you know that's somebody getting their buddy another book, another booked gig. Yeah, yeah. Um. There was also some other other funny parts as well, like when um, I can't remember whose brain it was, but uh, she started getting visions of um, sex with Ravi, and they're like in the um, interrogation room, and she's like, oh, "I just can't look at you. You have to stay like behind me." Uh, yeah, that was uh, Ravi's old boss from the CDC that got killed by yeah. Jason Doring's character, who took over the uh, paramilitary group. Mm. I thought I thought that was hilarious as well, and like she, she gets the vision as as Robbie's right next to her, and like, she just freaks out, and it was, yeah. Th- th- this season was maybe. Do you think the season was the funniest? I definitely think this season had the most funny, you know, laughing moments, which is very odd considering how dark they went at the very end of the season. Yeah, it's an interesting mix. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I feel like this is this is maybe the fun. I can't remember all the all the of course moments from season one and two, but this definitely sticks out to me as as the funniest season. And it is strange because this season was a lot more sexual, like with the with the jokes and stuff that we we've talked about and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's yeah you know, she gets the vision of of Ravi, and then she's like so freaked out, and she's like, "You have to stand behind me." And I think there was a point as well where. Uh, Ravi is talking to whoever the, the the person they were interrogating was. He's like, "Oh, I could come over and show you my notebook." And Liv's like, "No, you you can't come any closer." Uh, so it, it, that that was interesting and kind of funny as well. Um, so go ahead. No, I wasn't saying anything. Okay. Um, so I guess let's go through some of the characters as well. What do you what do you think of Blaine? He's one of them. One of the interesting characters. Ah, uh, Blaine is an interesting character. Um, I'm kind of on the fence of him just because his motivations are constantly changing. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like they have a motivational wheel and they spin it and then just chuck a dart at it. This episode, he's gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this episode, he's got amnesia. Oh, turns out retcon. He only had it for a couple days. Now he's got all his memories and he's just been faking. Oh, he's gonna help. Oh, he's gonna screw him over. Hmm. Yeah, like with the um. The cures that they had, I, I, I thought that was that was good. 
But when it got to the whole, like, Liv saying, oh, I can't wait to try ice cream and all this stuff, and Ralphie's like, we haven't got any left, and the Major's like, oh, I gave my last one to somebody else, and I was like, well, that's a bummer of a way to finish this episode. Um, I I never thought, when Liv did get um, the opportunity for that cure, and um, she's talking to Peyton, and she's like, I can't wait to do this and that, and I've been waiting so long and stuff. Um, I never thought that they would go there, because I was like, that would maybe change the show too much, if you take away this main character's thing. Mm-hmm. How, how, do you, how do you feel that way? Uh, I'm not surprised that she wound up not getting the cure. I mean, they could yeah. completely do, for the most part, the show without her being a zombie. Obviously, they couldn't do, you know, the, the visions part of it. She'd have to stick into the morgue. Uh, but other than that, it wasn't all that much of a shock. Uh, who he gave the and who he gave the cure to, also not much of a shock because you know he with that uh, prostitute turned zombie. Yeah. And so him giving her that cure make sense for his character. Mm. With uh, living living major this season, did you get any um, Kara and James vibes in terms of like they were suddenly done with their relationship? In Supergirl, it was yeah, a bit more a bit sudden. Like, in Supergirl, it was like, we're done, we're never going to talk about this again. But in iZombie, it was a bit more... They kind of acknowledged it a bit more. Um, And then they quickly, like, moved on to other people. Did you, did you get any kind of similar vibes from that? Uh, I think they had, you know, teased trying to get back together and then not enough in the second season that they really didn't have to do do anything dramatic with it they just kind of had to acknowledge that they were going to be friends and nothing Mm. more so yeah um what else should we talk about this season uh did you want to talk about the ending yet or should we save that for uh uh, did you have anything else that you really needed to talk about or not not entirely i mean the bulk of the season was uh major and he's like um in this military thing and then of course they have the the change with the zombies um it was a little bit more, I guess, vision of the week, I guess you could call it, um, which I still enjoyed most of those. Um, and it's always interesting to see, like, uh, the type, the person that gets killed and then, like, how Liv reacts to around other people and how they kind of deal with that. And um, there were some other ones where, like, uh, what was it? The, um, the yoga kind of guy? And then she turns mm-hmm. into sort of zen. Um, I thought that was maybe the most brutal death of the season. If if I could think of one off the top of my head, that's probably the, that's the one that sticks out to me as the, as the most brutal. Didn't he get beat to death with like one of the statue things? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, that was pretty brutal as well. Um, but yeah, anything else to say about any of the plots that you kind of remember or, or want to talk about? Uh, I think the one that I found most interesting was when they had that relationship between uh, uh, Liv and the one guy from the the military group, and they were really kind of bonding, and that was her first time of like trying to be in a serious relationship as a zombie with another zombie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that... The Justin characters. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just. I was looking at his name, and I'm like, okay, I can, like, 60% pronounce this. Uh, Tongaya Krasia? Okay. Is it at, um, is that Major's friend that he, he yeah. up with? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I thought that that went well this season. 
Yeah, his last name is C-H-I-R-I-S-A, so Chrisa? I don't know. I, I'd have to have... He'd have to say it. I I would just be butchering it. Okay. Uh, decent uh, IMDb. Started acting, looks like, in about 2005, so he hasn't been in it for too long. Was on uh, the Jim, Jaff- Jim Gaffigan show for a year, so that was probably his big break. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, there's not a whole else lot I, I feel we can maybe talk about um there there was it was basically like the cure and major and then like um bits and pieces with, with ravi and, and peyton um are you surprised that she ended up with blaine peyton i, I was pretty surprised with that uh not really i mean it's, it's kind of a it's a bit of a trope but the whole i'm wounded i need healing thing i've seen guys in high school and college play that to the hilt and mm-hmm. use it to get chicks. Uh, so it's not anything overly unexpected. I, it's something I've seen in real life a thousand times. Okay. Well, I mean, not a thousand times, but I've definitely seen it a lot more than you would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe somebody described it as, I'm dark and moody, give me love. Um, and that's, that's not an uncommon theme. I've seen it in several TV shows. I've seen it in real life with people I you know, tendentially no. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, I, you know, I was kind of rooting for her and, uh, Ravi to get together, but they obviously yeah. didn't want to do that. Well, either yeah. that or it wasn't part of the comic book. Yeah. It's kind of the downside to shows being based off of comic books is you never really know, you know, if they're doing this because, you know, the, the fans are reacting to it or if they're doing this because the actors like or don't like each other or if they're just trying to stick to, the previous canon yeah expectations from from original material and and stuff like that so um yeah i, I thought that most of those plots were, were good this season as well um okay let's talk about about the ending um is there anything that you wanted to say at the top of your head uh really really dark i mean i they were kind of going darker a little bit with some of the things but i really didn't think they'd go the whole basically militarized weaponized zombie takeover yeah and then that whole uh subplot of using the uh the disease that wasn't the disease as a way to infect a massive number of zombies just so that they could take over basically in the entire town of seattle under a military rule mm. yeah I, I was kind of shocked when when he went into that room and uh that that guy said to him something. It was something like, "I can't, I can't let you do that." And then he just shoots him straight in the chest or the heart or whatever. Uh huh. And he's like, "I'm gonna put this on the air or or, or whatever." Um, but yeah, it, it kind of when when it got to that scene of um, uh, Major's friend saying like, "We're gonna fire a few shots in the air." I guess they were like warning shots. Uh, and mm-hmm. then they just kept coming. Some of them had like chainsaws. Some of them had. Gun- it reminded me of the saviors from from the Walking Dead, because uh, one of those guys has a has a chainsaw. He's not a main character, but there is a a savior that has a chainsaw. Um, mm-hmm. And then they just keep charging towards them. And then you the camera turns to Major, and and then you think they're gonna have to shoot these guys, otherwise they're gonna get killed. Um, I guess that's like the dark turning point that that you're kind of referring to. Um, but yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see how they kind of handle it next season because there's a big thing to happen to the show, the whole zombie thing to be revealed and um, it to sort of become the new norm. I mean, there's there's gonna probably be some like rebellion and stuff and some people that aren't happy with it, but um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, they definitely ended it with it implying that they're, you know, they're killing off humans, so they're very, they're very much making it an us-against-them scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's... To be honest, that's kind of all I have to say on this on the season. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be different next year with like the the um, the zombies and stuff being fully revealed, and uh, to kind of see how that plays out as well, and see how the rest of the gang deals with it. I guess the other major thing is that Ravi's gonna be a zombie. Uh, well, we don't know. Um, I haven't seen anything. Be a zombie? Uh, potentially, yeah, that was. I did like that they at least tried to end on a funny note where they cut to black, and then they uh, yeah. live. He takes that uh, inoculation against a zombie, and she scratches him, and then they cut to black, and he goes, like, "Yeah, that was know. really funny." I was like, "Oh, the credits are going to come up now," so it's the end of the episode, and then it's like, "Grr," that was funny. Yeah, uh, he takes. Um, so the, are they out of the cures at that point? The the in, in original injections they were using because he works on this other salt cube type of thing that he he eats and then uh lives like are you sure like you want to be your own guinea pig and he's like yeah this is the, the right thing to do um yeah that's the one thing without throughout the whole season that i never understood i mean i can understand if they didn't really kind of 100 percent that military group but you would have think at some point they would have said here's my data on the cure instead of doing anything rash let's just try to cure this and you know end it now mm-hmm. yeah um the other thing i wanted to talk about in the season is um we get a few different scenes this year with uh in the first two seasons when we had live having a vision it was always from her point of view and this mm-hmm. season we've had like oh she's having a vision again let's let's wait for her to come out of it oh she's she, she's been in there a while it's been like 20 seconds or something and she comes out of it i thought that was pretty funny um, to to see it from other people's perspective, because you don't have to see it all the time. Um, because she, she, we at that point see it from you know Peyton and uh, Major and Ravi's kind of perspective, where she says what happens. So it's not like we're missing information. I know it's different for to see something and then to hear somebody talk about it. Um, but I thought that that was interesting and another funny thing as well. What did you think about? Yeah. I'm wondering if it was because they were only doing a half season, they only did 13 episodes, and they just didn't want to film out that scene. It's a lot easier just to have a little bit of exposition versus actually, you know, hiring actors and blocking out time and filming the scene. It might have been a cost-cutting measure. I guess, but it, it didn't... It, I don't... Now that you mention that, it doesn't feel like a budget restraint thing. It, it feels... It feels like a more comedic way to handle that if that is the situation, definitely. Um, do, do you agree on that sense? Uh, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we we also saw it as well from like the, uh, from other people. Like they were having, I think Blaine had did it a couple of times where they showed him having a vision and people watching him. And it's it's basically like they're just daydreaming, like you know, because they're having a, a vision sort of dream thing. And it's like, you know, you just see them sort of daydream and then eventually they just click out of it. So uh-huh. uh, That whole uh, choreographed dance scene in the scratching post bar was probably my favorite, you know, big moment of comedy. Which uh, which one, sorry? 
The one where uh, they soaked that brain in that blue juice and everybody was having like the, the, the full-on hallucinations. And then the whole bar was doing like a choreographed dance scene. Yeah, I thought, that, I thought that was great as well. Yeah. Um. Okay. Is there is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh no, really. That's all I had. Yeah, it feels like a bit of a short review, but yeah. Well, it's only thirteen episodes. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to, and it's better to be short and sweet than to drag things out. So, um, yeah, that's our thoughts on iZombie season three. Uh, is it back this October or next spring? Uh, they don't have a release date yet for the uh, season okay. four. Because I'd like to, so I'd like I, to do it weekly, but it, it depends uh, when it comes out and stuff. So yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Cool. So that's our review of iZombie season three. We hope to be back for season four. If we don't do it weekly, we'll do another season thing. Depends on schedules, timing, etc. You know how it works. Uh. You can check out all the rest of the content on EntertainmentTalk. Um. Dot org. Uh, is there is there a score you'd like to give for the season? Uh, I'd definitely give it a solid B. I mean, I think there's a few okay. things they could have done a lot better, but a number. Uh, uh, eighty-four. Okay, that, that's pretty fair. Um, so you can find all the rest of the content on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, myself and Robert return this week to discuss some video game news. Uh, Twin Peaks. Inspired game came out. Uh, some voice acting news for um, Shadow of War, and there's some other stuff that happened in in the world of gaming. I also talk a bit more about Crash Bandicoot. Uh, me and Chris did a review for Spider-Man: Homecoming, which, if you haven't seen, we did the first 20 minutes of spoiler-free review uh, to get our kind of general cons- consensus. Uh, if you're interested in Crash Bandicoot, there's plenty of that to, to come out. Um, I did a first impressions for the first and the second game. Those are both out as well as a stream for the first game, which is where I played Native Forest, which is, little did I know, one of the hardest levels in the game, so that was fun. Um, uh, what else was there that we did? Uh, yeah, there's a first impressions for the third Crash Bandicoot game that I've recorded, but it's not out yet. And there's some other stuff which I have in the works, which is not ready yet, but it will be when it is. So look out for that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at eTalkUK. Uh, oh yeah, and of course Game of Thrones. Sorry, forgot to mention that. The big HBO show is back. Uh, we did a Season 7 preview, me and David. It returns tonight in America, but when you're hearing this it will have already aired. Uh, and it starts Monday night in the UK, so reviews for that will be out late Wednesday afternoon. Um, yes, you can follow us on Twitter at eTalkUK. If you've got any inquiries or feedback, you can either tweet them at us uh, or on the Facebook group or the Facebook page or you can email them to entertainmenttalk at hotmail.com and lastly if you'd like to support these projects that we're doing and these things that I'm making and stuff you can head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainmenttalk and you can donate as little as a dollar a month uh, and also redeem some rewards for some reviews if there's anything you'd like us to discuss or review um and yeah you can head over to the support us page to see how you can support us for free because that is an option as well and yeah we'll see you as always on the next piece of content which i think will be game of thrones so stay tuned for that and as always yeah we'll see you next time goodbye have fun